this is Tracy Siska from the Chicago Justice Project. This is going to be a quick take on Kim Fox's, Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox's announcement that she's not going to be running for re-election. Obviously, our life has been kind of crazy. We kind of got a tip last week that something like this might be coming. Uh, we couldn't confirm it. I would have brought it to you all before this, before she made the announcement, but we couldn't confirm it, not surprisingly. If you're listening on the pod, please subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, smash the subscribe and like button. Really appreciate it. Hit that bell and you'll get alerts every time we post. Want to get involved on our work, cjpnation.org. And if you want to donate and support this podcast or all our FOIA and litigation work and our research, head over to our Patreon. Uh, the link will be in the notes. Okay, it's going to be a short one, but meaningful. Kim Fox announcement. She is not running for re-election of the Cook County State's Attorney's Office. She came in in a wave of progressive um, prosecutors. Um, it was a little interesting at the time. I got to say, I, I, I wasn't sure she was experienced enough to run the office professionally and not make, um, because she wasn't seasoned enough. I don't think Obviously, from some of her actions, I agree with a lot of what she did, but a lot of her, some of her actions, and we'll talk about them in a minute, showed that being chief of staff for Pre Tony Preckwinkle was not enough to allow her to run that office competently. And it was her, one big screw up that probably did her in. So is the announcement surprising? Mm, not really. Her polling numbers, and I've heard some internal numbers from internal polling, but I can't confirm them, so I'm not going to read them, were poor. There have been some reports in the media about polling numbers. They were poor. So let's get to why that is. She was one of the first to put in bail reform in Cook County. That happened in September of 2017. Now, for context, that was a year after, you know, pretty close to a year, because it was September of 2016, September 21st to 23rd, somewhere in that time frame. That the CPD superintendent, oh God, I got his name, but his name is escaping me, Eddie Johnson, and then Rahm Emanuel announced the hiring of a thousand new officers, additional officers to the CPD. Crime was up in 2016, and the public in Chicago, including the left, unfortunately, were just clamoring at the bit for more officers. That was a mistake. That was really, really dumb. However, a year later, they put in bail reform. Now, understand things, Pete, ladies and gentlemen. My dog wants to get into on the podcast today. The thing you have to understand is that a lot of times reforms, for better or worse, are put in. They're not put in in a bubble. So it's not until really longer out that you can see that it was put, uh, the context of the time it was put in. So crime was up in 2016 uh, when Rom had finally came, succumbed to the pressure to put, to hire that thousand additional officers for the CPD. Very expensive, very, very expensive to do that. But early in 2017, crime started dropping in Chicago. Was it because of the thousand officers? Of course not. There's no way they hired them, got them through the academy. You know, there's no way, got them deployed. No, that had nothing to do with it. It's just, look, the context is for other reasons, unbeknownst to us, crime was already by early 2017, crime was dropping. So bail reform comes in in September of 2017, crime had already been dropping and crime continued to drop post that date 
for the rest of 2017, all of 2018, and all of 2019. Uh, people say bail reform is overall a crime generator. Really, then why did crime go down for the rest of 17, 18, and 19 if it was a generator? Why didn't we see crime go up? They don't really have an answer. They don't want to talk about that. So that is true. However, what happens, what happens in early 2019 really, really undoes him Fox. It really undercuts her. And it's about the end of her, her political career. She's done. And it was on January 29th, 2019. And I'm saying that because that is the night that Jesse Smollett, moron in, in chief, did that thing where he made up the attack on himself. And it's within the coming days and months that Kim Fox starts taking calls from connected people from the African-American community. Um, and then I think, you know, it gets uncovered that Smollett's lying, Smollett's arrested and charged with 16 felony counts of disorderly conduct. No one to this day can, under, can describe to me what that means. I mean, there is a charge felony disorderly conduct, but it's vague. It's a catch-all. It should not be on the books. It's runaway big government is as good as it can be pictured. It's, it's a living example of that, although the alt-right and the right won't admit that. Jesse Smollett gets that charge. Now, the prosecutor that did that is, a, is someone who's not in tune with the, the, a prosecutor's office being progressive and looking at what's the benchers of the city. So those charges were pretty much against Smollett, against Kim Fox as, they, as, as much as they were against Smollett. Then Kim Fox cuts him a deal. And this is the great tragedy of Kim Fox. And this goes to her, her lack of experience. And at this moment, an expression of really, really bad judgment epically, unbelievably bad judgment. She cuts Jesse a deal where he doesn't have to do any time. He pleads to a simple misdemeanor of, I don't forgot what it was, but it was crapola. And I think he pays like $10,000 in restitution or something or his bail, they keep it for 10 grand. That was a major mistake because they didn't require Smollett to admit guilt and to reimburse the city. Ladies and gentlemen, the 150 grand and the 3,000 hours the CPD sent, it's bullshit. That's a complete lie. David Brown, I don't think has, has had, I would doubt in my opinion, he's ever had a statistic come out honestly out of his mouth. I think he manipulates everything that comes out of his mouth. Former, now former CPD superintendent. I don't, the CPD can't tell you how many hours they spent. They can't tell you who worked on the case. They don't have it in their data. That's a BS number. But anyways, he could afford it. She could have easily had him pay, reimburse the CPD for their time, admit guilt in the, in the, at, the, at the hearing when he pled guilty to that simple thing, had him admit guilt to the whole thing being made up and fabricated. Um, and then I don't care about the suspended sentence. Give him the smallest misdemeanor. You can't have him plead guilty to it. Suspended, goodbye. But have him admit guilt and pay back the city or pay the city the bribe money, whatever you want to call that. All of this is going on Right, and then March of 13th here in DC is when we lock down COVID hits, March of 2020. 
COVID hits. George Floyd gets murdered, protests it. The, um, the, um, the unrest follows with it. Lightfoot acts horribly. David Brown acts horribly. Really dumb response. The court shut down and the alt-right and racist and misogynistic Chicago media, not all of them, obviously, but there are many, start pointing fingers at um, Kim Fox and her soft on crime. And that's the reason there's the unrest and they're not arresting shoplifters or not prosecuting shoplifters unless it's under over $1,000, which is a super smart thing to do. But anyways, all of this is happening, right? Then you have the alt-right FOP, and for some reason, and I, I will never understand this, I don't give a shit if he won is the head of the union. The media, every time they printed something where the FOP president said, John Contenzar said this, they should also print that he is disgraced, he was under investigation to be fired, and that he's a, what can only be ex- expressed in my opinion, as there was enough in the social media to prove that he was racist, anti-immigrant, homophobic, all of that, that should have been there. Just quoting him independent of all that context was a serious mistake. Then, the, and then you got Alders, Pizzato, Napolitano, Lopez, alt-right, in my opinion, banging away all the time in the media about everything, you know, all the crime and violence, it's all Kim Fox's problem. Then you add into all of this, the unprecedented, unmitigated lies, in my opinion, by Mayor Lori Lightfoot and Superintendent David Brown, lying, 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 lying. And Lightfoot to the, her last day is gonna lie about it. She is stubborn as all hell. She will never admit she's wrong and she's always the smartest person in the room in the world at any given time, at all times. So she'll never admit that she's wrong. She kept lying about bail reform. She did it from the beginning of her term and she'll do it to the last damn day and she'll probably do it afterwards because she can't help it. It's like almost a, uh, uh, a condition for which she cannot control. And we see in the emails that got hacked out of Jones Day, that cost her, Susan Lee was with the office for a very short time, um, and then went back to Chicago cred. You add all of that up, that speaks to really poor polling in the suburbs, which and when you're going to be elected in Cook County, you need some support in the suburbs. And the alt-right of the city, the Vallis voters, they were not going to vote for Kim Fox. You add all of that up, and she's not getting reelected. How much of this is her fault? Well, very, I should, not much, not much. Now, is the Jesse Smollett case, the way that got handled her fault, 100%. Did she handle it like uh, an unseasoned, poor decision-making politician. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if what Jesse Smollett really needs is some kind of psychological help, counseling, therapy, then she should have put that in the plea, made him plead to it and make him get the help. The whole thing with like giving him that deal for no reason and then the special investigation by Dan Webb who never finds systemic issues in city problems, by the way. That's how horrible or much of a scumbag loser lawyer he is. He investigated the law department with related to um, withholding evidence and found no systemic issues, even though they keep getting dinged repeatedly for withholding evidence in civil suits. It's unbelievable, but no systemic issues. 
But oh boy, Kim Fox did bad. And just for a little context, remember Dan Webb, um, Special Prosecutor Scumbag Incorporated, ended up with convicting Jesse Smollett and getting a six-month sentence for lying about being assaulted, for lying about it. Bailey's nephew aggravated, committed an aggravated battery that resulted in the death of David Kochman. Daly's nephew, Ben Echo, remember his first name. All right, I'm not going to mention it. I'm not going to rattle off her name because I remember, but his last name is Vanecco. Daly, Mary Daly's nephew at the time, committed an aggravated battery, caused the death of David Kochman. David uh, Vanecco and all of his friends repeatedly lied to the police and probably the prosecutors about what happened that night and that Vanecco or anyone from their group was involved. Vanecco pleaded guilty and got to a simple assault or it was a really bogus plea and got 60 days. 60 days, not six months, that's 180 days. He got 60 days and got to serve them in a suburban rural jail that would be more white. He didn't want to do it his time in Cook County Jail. Being a daily, I could see that. So let's refresh. Gay, black, male, lies about being assaulted, gets a conviction of six months in jail. White, rich, straight male, politically connected, scumbag family, commits aggravated battery, results in the death of someone, lies about it repeatedly. He gets 60 days. Think about that. So when you think about the independent investigation of the Kim Fox case, Dan Webb for it was a joke. It was a joke. It's the biggest joke ever. Come on. Biggest joke ever. So, but the Smollett case, it really stems from all of Kim Fox's, Kim Fox's problems from that case all stem from her poor decision-making. I don't think, really, that Kim Fox took money or did something to make other connected politicians happy with her. I think from the day she took office, she would have made a similar Smollett deal. But that's just poor decision-making. I don't think Smollett deserved jail time at all or prison time. I would have been fine with him uh, reimbursing the city, admitting guilt, and not having him go out and say, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. I don't think that... Kim Fox, by what she did, did not help whatever problems are causing Jesse Smollett's actions. He did not, as the criminal justice system should be, and even if you treat it as a healthcare problem, you have to have some kind of intervention to make what's going on better and just not let him go free and, and let him continue to wreak havoc, which is what happened, and it, it ended up worse for him, not better. So that is her fault, for sure. None of the other stuff really is. What, did, what, what, what in what Kim Fox did anything to do with COVID or the protests or the unrest or crime that shot up in most of the major cities? What did that have anything to do with her? Nothing. Nothing. What did you have to do with the FOP, Spazado, Napolitano, Lopez, lying all the time to the media and the media gobbling it up? Nothing. And there's other aldermen. You can, Brendan Riley, um, you can go on and on. Feel to some extent. You can go on and on and on with this with the Albany. Useless, all their people. 
What did Kim Fox have to do with David Brown and Mayor Lightfoot lying, 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 lying until his last days? Lying, 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 lying. That's all they did was lie about it. Nothing. You know, um, a friend of mine said, Lori Lightfoot's probably the most progressive mayor we've had. Maybe. But in my view, Lori was incompetent and a total hack politician and lied when it suited her, like any other Chicago politician. Um, one would hope the morals and ethics by which progressives held office would be different. I mean, if they're going to, why hire, why, why um, get a progressive in if they're just going to lie and steal and cheat just like all the other politicians? I don't get it. And I knew Lori before she took off. I said I had higher hopes. She only got in because Preckwinkle got tied to Berkshire and never won otherwise. But here we are. And remember, just one last thing before I close, ladies and gentlemen, when you talk about crime and violence and the upticks that happened during COVID and certain crime areas and the unrest in the cities and everything, remember what's going on now. And the alt-right is lying about it continually. Crime and violence now, post the lockdowns and post the big waves that we had with COVID, are doing nothing but reverting to the mean. What do I mean by that? Homicides, carjackings, gun violence that shot up during COVID is going back down to like, and it's heading towards, not as quick as we would like, but heading towards the 2019 levels, pre-pandemic levels. All other types of crime, ag bats, ag assaults, uh, stranger sexual assaults, all of those Assaults, batteries, simple assaults, simple batteries, all of those are increasing. Robberies, armed robberies. Why? Well, right? It's simple. Post-lockdowns, people are on the street more, interacting more, going to work more, going to fast food, restaurants, movies, theaters, all of that. More The opportunities for there to be those interactions where crime could go up has skyrocketed, plain and simple. So that has nothing to do with Ken Fox. Nothing. Loyola's research, Loyola University's Department of Criminal Justice and Criminology, I always get their name screwed up, has put out a couple studies proving that ain't the case. And it is not, but bail reform is not the underlying cause of crime and violence in Chicago, certainly isn't for the uptick in 20. And like I said before, if it was, the, uh, the late 17, 18, 19 would have gone up too, but it didn't, crime went down. Now, it may be that Bail reform isn't necessarily reducing crime, but it isn't causing increases. So why people, why keep thousands of people incarcerated if it's not going to cause an increase? Okay. So all of that, I'm interested, you know, if you guys have ideas about who you think is going to um, run for the office, by all means, you know, drop us uh, a comment on our Facebook page, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. Right now, just like off the cuff, I think, let's see if Alderman Bob Fioretti, former Alderman Bob Fioretti, uh, after leaving office as an alderman, he got, uh, he got um, remapped out of the seat. I think you're going to see, um, you could see him run. He's starting to become a perennial loser. Every race that comes, he runs and loses. 
Um, although he didn't run for mayor this last time. You could see him run. You could see former Cook County board member Richard Boykin. You could see Howard, all current alderman. How he's still an alderman, I don't know. His chief of staff went to jail for, for bribery in it. I think in a meeting, in meetings that he was in. Anyways, Alderman Howard Brookins will, um, he will probably run. I don't think any of those three have a shot in hell of winning. It will be interesting to see who um, turns up in that race. Um, if you got ideas besides that, besides those, let us know. If you um, if you have comments about the one ones that I selected, let me know. Uh, I'm I'm really interested to see who goes after that seat. Okay, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, subscribe to the pods. If you're on YouTube, hit subscribe and like. Ring that bell so you get it every time we post. Interested in getting involved, cjpnation.org. And if you want to donate in the show notes, both on Facebook and on the pod, will be a link to our Patreon. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. I will see you next week.